For those of you who are unaware, I am Lord Gideon Gray, one of the greatest wrestlers ever to live, an orchestrator, if you will, for the United Empire, the single greatest faction to ever exist. And you are listening to Wrestle In. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Ohio, Konnichiwa, Konbanwa, and welcome to Ace Techers. This is your slice of New Japan Pro Wrestling on the Wrestle In Podcast Network. We are recording this mere hours after Watomania has truly run wild <laughs> in Tokyo, in Yota Ward. Master Watto defeating Titan to win the most hectic schedule for a best of Super Juniors ever. How are we feeling, SP3 and NK, about Master Watto being your best of the Super Juniors 30 winner? Um, you know, it's 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 the it's the true underdog story, and you know what? Like looking back at it, we should have seen it coming because Wrestle Kingdom kind of set the tone for Master Watto's year. Even though he lost that match, like you could argue in that Fatal Four Way at Wrestle Kingdom, he got the most spotlight. And then just even the the block he was in with the talent he was in, like it was kind of set up for him to have like these standout performances against guys like Mike Bailey. And then when he got to the final, it was like wow he actually did it like the the underdog did it so yeah he it, it the wrestle kingdom thing really seems like the breakout moment right like yeah he, he went into that and you know just kind of part of the the squad and then as the match was happening the people the model match went on the more people wanted master watto to re- to leave that match as the champion yeah, I remember like our first few episodes, we I kind of said it that he was like the favorite, my favorite at that time to win the best of the super juniors. But as we got we got closer to the tournament, they had kind of got you into like this false sense of security where they was like, No, Watto is what he is. We're doing like a slow burn for him. So you really didn't think that he was gonna be the guy. And I will say overall, like thinking about the best of the super juniors. Uh, uh, credit to y'all because you know for you guys you have to wake up like 10 10 30 in, in the morning i had to wake up 5 a.m in the morning for all <laughs> these shows and watching them live god bless to my kids who love waking up at 5 a.m in the morning because they were my alarm clocks for this tournament it was a lot to take in with the hectic schedule with only having like one day off they did you know the first three set then one day off then four straight shows then one day off then three straight shows one day off so it was a hectic schedule to keep track of, but I, I felt a very, very relieving, you know, watching the finals. And I would say with the, you know, Master Wado was in the block that was not the A block. Uh, the A block was mm-hmm. the one that had, you know, all the all-stars in it. And it, it did make sense for him to kind of be in the end because, you know, the B block was El Desperado and everybody else. So you kind yeah. of thought it would be either maybe him or Yo or Robbie Eagles who would be that second place to finish out in the B block. So when it was him, it was like, okay, great. We got my final four. I literally from the start of the tournament called Speedball Mike Bailey versus El Desperado in the finals. So to then go to the semifinals and have my heart broken by <laughs> Master Wado first beating Speedball and then Teton pulling off the upset against El Desperado. This is probably the most unlikely best of Super Junior final there has ever been. But boy, mm-hmm. oh boy, did they over deliver because this right here, I think is only my third or fourth five-star match from new japan because you're going for the full five on the final i'm 
I'm going for the full five. I, I've, I've been close to five. El Desperado and uh, Francisco Akira had a barn burner, mm-hmm. a star making performance for Akira. Speedball and Hiromu kind of set the bar extremely high on night one. Speedball and Leo Rush, as Kevin Kelly called it, a modern day amazing red versus low key. Like everything I loved about the X division mixed with WCW Cruiserweights was just in that one match with Leo Rush and Speedball. All of those were like match of the tournament kind of contenders but i feel like this match between wato and teton just over delivered to an extreme level where it wasn't just one person having a career performance it was two guys this is the best match of master wato's career might be one of the best matches teton's had and definitely just that teton's elevated. best Hitan's best yeah. in New Japan, I feel like we yeah. could comfortably say, but like yeah. we're, we're not going to go match by match because we'd be here for fucking ever because the schedule was crazy. <laughs> there was 10 matches a day. Um, but I do want to like, we'll, we'll jump to whatever the fuck we want, but like the schedule itself, now that the show, the, the tournament's over, how do we feel about the tournament? Because the schedule made me not enjoy the tournament as much as I yeah. wanted to. It was, here's 10 matches. Some of them were pretty fucking good. Some of them were really great one night. And then 24 hours later, here's another 10. Oh, shit, what happened the day before? What were the really cool matches? Because now I've had another 10 that I've suddenly got to digest. It was so much, so often, so quickly. Yeah, I think it was hard for me to get invested in the tournament because I ended up, like, having to pick and choose what matches I had to watch just simply because of, like, how condensed the schedule is. Having having a thing called the real life. (laughs) Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, I didn't get to watch this. Okay, um, guys, what's the best match? Um, what, what are the best couple matches of this tournament? And it's like, I that's why even though like the final was great, like this is like the least invested I've been in a tournament, not because the tournament was bad. It's just because I haven't been able to watch the tournament like the way it should be watched, as in you watched day by day and you get to um, immerse yourself and kind of like, okay, who's going to advance here? Where's that? Like by the time I come back from work, I'll go on Twitter. I already know the matches. I already know who's uh-huh. advanced. So it's like, like, okay, let me just watch the tournament because they have good matches rather than watching the tournament to see, you know, who advances and who um, falls out. Yeah, no, I'm in the, the exact same boat. Like I watched everything, uh, every match. Like I kind of wish I didn't. But it was a case of just trying to keep up at the end of the day. Like, Mm -hmm. they would never have a G1 schedule this compact in a million years. You would never have 10 G1 matches a day with every, like, what? So there's 10, nine nine block matches each. So 90 matches in less than two weeks is what we've watched. And every one of those is a tournament match. I'm not even, like, you know, saying that there's multi-man tag matches you can skip. 90 tournament matches. They would never in a million years do that to G1. Look at a G1 schedule. It's, It's just under a month. Yeah, they forced yeah. this into like 12 days. Like, I, feel, I don't know that sorry is the right word, but I kind of feel sorry for the juniors because they, you know, this is their moment. This They get this once a year, really, the spotlight yeah. on the juniors entirely. And it was crammed into such this, this incredibly taut schedule. Do you think that's due to Dominion and Forbidden Door? And here's why I say the two. Um, because obviously, like they want to like get to Dominion as fast as possible, because I think Dominion will have like major consequences for like the Drake paper for Bit of Door, and now that for Bit of Door is like added into the New Japan schedule. Do you think like now 
it's now um, retroactively affected like best of the super juniors where it's like, okay, we've got to condense this because we've got this, we've got Dominion, which is like one of our biggest shows. Then we've got this super big show right after this. So we've kind of got to like tighten things up in terms of our schedule. It probably definitely has some impact, yeah. But I mean, even so, we've now got a week where we're recording on Sunday, like I said, straight after Best of Super Junior final. You've still got a week until yeah. Dominion, and I appreciate they're not going to want to have a tour. They would need breathing space between it, so you can look forward to Dominion. Yeah. But it, it is it is odd, and I just I wanted to love this tournament more. There there was so much to love, like Spiegel, Mike Bailey, sensational, absolutely MVP sensation. of the tournament for me. Exactly, like 100%. you know. Leo Rush really like proving this is where he belongs. Like it really finally feels like he's finally found his home after you know mishaps mm-hmm. in WWE and this off and on again with AEW. He like the crowd love Leo, and he really feels at home. Robbie Eagles really had a tremendous tournament coming out of like his shell as the new member of TMDK. Yo has never looked better as a singles wrestler. Yo mm-hmm. absolutely looks like a new man. Like we we said it about his team with Leo Rush how that was breathing life into him, but like. He was just like a little gremlin at times, weren't he? Like a little goblin, just yeah. like doing the most bizarre shit to get other people's skin. But it was entertaining. He was great in the ring. He showed his personality more in the tournament. And I, I will say, mm-hmm. I'm in the minority here out of the three of us. I love the schedule, honestly. Because it fit <laughs> with what, the, what uh... the style of their matches are. It's fast-paced. I didn't need I didn't need kind of long matches. I didn't need uh, Taguchi to have 10, 15-minute oh, matches yeah, that every, was great. every show. Yes. I didn't need Yo yeah. to have... I mean, show, excuse me, show to have 10-minute, 15-minute, because he was the, the, the LVP of the whole entire tournament. Because I mean, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got, I'm I, sick I, of it. I'm sick come, of the stuff. You've got to respect the creativity here. Like, every night they done something new that you probably hadn't seen before. Like, how were they coming up with this stuff? Like The, the yeah. only the, one that was creative issue. was when they kidnapped Hiromu. When they kidnapped Hiromu <laughs> and, and when they put the mask on Oyoa, uh, Doki's yes. match on Oyoa. That's <laughs> the only true. creative stuff. Oh, they did like the, the entire one was funny, like, yeah. oh, we're going to go for a count out and then Evil raises both their hands and refuses to let go yeah. of Ishimori's. They always like, do Evil, that with the Bullet Club club, Evil, the Bullet club guys. Evil just coming out with, like, a United Empire towel over his shoulder and cornering <laughs> TJP instead of show, like... It's yeah. so stupid, but you've got to, like, they could have just done the shit obvious. We'll have a match. Evil will interfere. He'll pull out the referee. There'll be a wrench bit. Job done. Like, they, they tried to make it more fun. I think they were really successful. Yeah. But when it, when, in regards to show, like, I've, I was entertained by show in this tournament. But the thing is that always, that always flashback to is that I, like, when I saw show and yo together, I was like, okay, I always predicted show would be the breakout one. Show would be the one that goes. It just had the look for me. But then, like, as years have gone by, well, I'll say specifically this year, Yo's, like, I don't know, had, like, a new lease of life in New Japan. Like, it's crazy the year he's been on. And I'm like, Yo was Yo was someone that always recognised that, that was talented, but I've never, like, he's never been my favourite out of the two. But now I'm just like, yeah, like, I think Yo's going to do stuff. And this House of Torture stuff is fun, but I feel like there's a ceiling to it. Like, there's, there's an yeah. obvious ceiling to it. And I don't know. But yeah, but showing this tournament it, compared to what he was doing like like months prior, like it was it was entertaining to, to say the least. Well, once again, I'm in the minority because I did not <laughs> like any of this show stuff. I'm sorry, but like you said, everybody that you you kind of highlighted uh, that had a great tournament. But I have to I have to kind of big up Taguchi. Taguchi was one of the guys where I was just like, people okay, match. It, 
yo, the speedball match was Call tremendous. Time. The yep. match, the ending match, where he told the perfect ending story with him and Kushida, where he didn't do butt stuff. His pants never fell down the whole entire tournament. Then by accident, quote unquote, it falls down in the last match, and that's and he how wins. he wins. Finally, one that win. Was, it was <laughs> it was brilliant. He told they told a brilliant story with him. T, him and TJP. TJP had a very underrated uh, tournament. His matches with Hiromu was tremendous. His match with Leo Rush was great. Leo Rush, how how those Japanese fans just really embraced him mm-hmm. to the point that he was kissing babies, literally. He had babies in his, <laughs> in his hand and, uh, during the tournament. It was just so great to see. But once again, I, I really am so happy. The reason why I woke up every single morning, 5 a.m., for, for the 16 days that this tournament went on and the reason why I enjoyed it, really, and I would say arguably one of my favorite Best of Super Junior tournaments ever, Speedball Mike Bailey. Just every single night going out there and stealing the show. You literally can you can rank his matches, and I think everybody would have a different answer. Like I talked about the Leo Rush match, which was just state-of-the-art PWG, mm. fast-paced, high-flying, him and Hiromu that had that electric crowd in Kurgan Hall and just really set the bar for the entire tournament. Him and Doki had a tremendous opener on one night. Him and TJP had a great tech technical wrestling type of matchup like the the Takuchi match that we mentioned before him and uh, Kushida told a great story with him uh hitting kicking kicking the pole and then getting injured because of that like he every single night it was a different story it was a different way how to have a great match from speedball by far the MVP of the tournament so I think as well, the one, you know, downside of the tournament is, of course, that Taiji Shimori, unfortunately, picked up an injury against Hiromi Takahashi. Yeah. Do we think, I think Ishimori was meant to be in Titan's place here in the final as well, because the story with him and Wato goes back a long time. They, you know, you had the whole four-way thing at Wrestle Kingdom. They had a singles match earlier in this year that was kind of, you yeah. know, it's like it, it didn't seem like why they're kind of having a single match. It seemed weird, and it kind of seemed like maybe I don't know that Ishimori was going to win here, but the table was kind of set for Wato to get over on Ishimori to get one back because I don't think he has in the past. Um, and Titan, I think he he certainly seemed like an outlier out of the four semi finalists. Like you had uh Titan versus uh Hiromu and Speedball versus Des no, what Titan? No, that was the block final, was Titan and Hiromu. It was Titan and semif- El Desperado. In yeah. the semis, and then it was and Master Wado versus uh Speedball. Speedball, versus... yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and Titan certainly seems like the outlier there, but he like SP3 said it stopped. He he deserved to be in that spot. He showed he deserves to be in that spot. The match against Desperado was superb, and then the the, the final itself was a blowaway. So if he wasn't meant to be in that spot, bravo to him for proving himself like even more. But I just I can't help thinking that maybe that was Ishimori's spot had the injury not happened possibly even though i think that the the matchup with hiromu i think he was gonna lose that one just how that it was kind of worked i think he was gonna lose that one and it just would have been kind of weird having like on both nights having three matches that kind of dictate who's gonna go to the semifinals because you had that on block b but block a final night it was all about the two final matches with speedball leo and teton and hiromu and just that finish to that matchup really elevated that one with teton winning against Hiromu and just the reaction from the crowd mm-hmm. and then 
him doing the same thing to Desperado. And that's what made the moment where he goes for uh, Immortal on Bastawado that the roof almost came off. Oh. It was like it because they yeah. and they saw him do it to the two aces of the division. He did it to Aromu. He did it to Despi. If he does it to Masawato, everybody was like, oh, no, this match is over. So when Masawato yeah. made the desperation to the ropes, that just had them. They were hooked yeah. for the entire rest of the match. One of... Is this the f- go, on, Sorry, go on, go on. No, I, I, I was going to say, uh, are Teton and Masawato both first-time finalists? Yeah. 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 Um, um, I was just trying to say, like, that Ota Ward crowd today for the final... One of the best crowds, New Japan oh, title, yeah, sure. maybe, maybe the best. Um, you know, that match, SP3 giving it five stars. I don't think it gets that without that crowd being that invested, yeah. that hot, reacting to every single fucking moment. Uh, they made that match so much better, they they, they were incredible, yeah. Honestly, that crowd was like, 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 because it's funny enough, like, I've I'm, I've I'm seeing like old clips of like um New Japan trending, like obviously the Kenny Omega or Okada match and stuff and stuff like that. And I'm like, when and I think of like Tadashi AJ Styles when the when the Japanese crowd are fully invested in a match, they're one of the best crowds in the world. And it's like this match, like you could just like I, I could just imagine how it was in that arena because like every move these guys were doing was getting a reaction like you said the submission that the, the, the submission that Teton put um on Master World that was getting uh-huh. just palpable noise from the crowd like the counters for um um like when both of them hit each other's finishes like it was it was just the drama the tension was heightened to such a level where it just elevated the match um beyond anything I saw in the tournament I just like it's one of the most memorable finals at least in recent memory for me yeah, 100%. Uh, there are other things to talk about from the best of Jupiter Junior final involving Shota Umino and who he'll be challenging for the titles with. But once we get to our Dominion preview, we can touch on that because there's something we need to speak about from a week ago. Uh, the resurgent show in mm-hmm. California, uh, New Japan returning to the States. Um, the, obviously, the, the, high, the, the big point of the show was crowning the first strong women's champion. Um, and the first round of that tournament was Mercedes Monet versus Stephanie Vakur. Stephanie Vakur blew me the fuck away. I, I didn't know yeah. who this woman was. I am so eager to see more of her. She was, this was, this, you could say this was Mercedes' best match, like out of since she's left WWE, because this, this Stephanie Vakur was amazing. She, she was incredible in this, in this match. It was probably the smoothest match Mercedes has had since she she, uh, left WWE. Just how they were moving together, it just was really flawless. And a lot of the stuff Mercedes was trying against, like, Kyrie and against the Stardom girls, like the Lucha Libre stuff, because uh, Stephanie Baker had all that experience in it, it just came off better. And then the reversals, the near falls, just all perfectly kind of, it was the perfect way to kind of kick off the tournament and the fans, just the fans, that roar from the fans from Mercedes kind of hyping them up in the beginning and they just kept with it. And then it transferred into the next match as well. That was a great performance by Stephanie Vicker. And I'm, I'm another one. I'm a fan now. I want to see more of her. Yeah. Beginning Beginning to end from the entrance. She, she was a star. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. They just they they 
this is the most chemistry I think Mercedes has had with a wrestler. Yes. Um, for sure. Yes. Um, just like I feel like my, my favorite match is still the triple threat, but just in terms of like I feel like everything Mercedes did in this match came across flawlessly, and I felt like this is finally her. Because her styles evolved from WWE, and in mm. previous matches, you can kind of see her okay, like working through the kinks of certain moves and just working, um, and adapting to like working a new Japan, um, not even new Japan style, a Japanese style, um, or more hybrid style compared to WWE. And then this feels like the final evolution of that, where for like everything came together. And Stephanie Vakil was a perfect darts partner for her, so yeah, I felt like this match was, was a great show for Mercedes, and I'm, and I'm loving just seeing the the reception these women are getting in the States as well. Um, I mean, that's kind of what Mercedes was brought here for, you know, to be that amba- that Western ambassador for um, the, the women's division in New Japan. And they're certainly paying dividends. And what, what I wanted was Mercedes to have matches like this that puts a spotlight on talent um, like um, Stephanie Vecure. So yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, like this has been a tremendous success um, for Mercedes um, in New Japan. But this match was a great match also. And then in the other uh, Mercedes Monet, of course, picking up the win. And then in the other opening match, it was Momo Kogo taking the loss to Willow Nightingale and Willow Nightingale being set to face Mercedes Monet in the main event. Um, this was pretty solid as well. Momo Kogo, it, it was uh, mm-hmm. David versus Goliath, big versus small. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the result kind of seemed uh, like, you know, it was already going to ha- like we knew Mercedes was going to win. We all kind of assumed Willow would win here as well. Um, but it's cool to see Momo in a New Japan ring, another stardom guy in the New Japan ring, and in America as well. It, you know, I'm never going to say no to seeing stardom people get to branch out because they're quite isolated over in Japan. I thought this was a star-making performance in this one for Momo Kogo because the crowd came in very much knowing who Willow was, but being very generally unfamiliar with Momo Kogo. And by the end of it, they were cheering her on. It was the like the prototypical... Uh, big woman versus small woman type of matchup and they mm. just blended so well with their styles and trying to do the the crucifix bomb they were waiting for it mm-hmm. and when she hit it they erupted for it so i thought this was a great matchup and it was a good kind of new view for willow who's just the consummate ultimate baby face but i yeah. think through this match and the mercedes match we got to see that she could work like the aja kong style and be the yeah. the, the monster with the way she worked with momo and mercedes and then next match uh how how are, are the feelings positive or negative about this juice robinson defeating fred rossa in for me what felt like the world's longest fucking street fight um, yeah i wasn't a fan it, I enjoyed this one so much. This is just different. This is just, it was sports entertainment nonsense in the was, best way possible. It was so slow, man. Like it was Fred Rossi hitting uh, Juice Robinson with something and then walking around the ring for a few minutes, getting something else, going back and hitting him again and then reading some repeat. It was so, so slow, SB3, man. It, it was it was slow it was it was worked like a like a wwe type of brawl but i'm just saying on a show that had you know you had your the 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 big versus small match the match before that you had like the flawless wrestling execution in the mercedes and stephanie vacur you had more of like a technical matchup with the team cmlo versus tmdk and the opener this was something completely different from those three previous matches so i don't know i enjoyed it it might have 
have been because Tony Storm is one of my favorites and she came out and that was kind of just uh, finally kind of completing this whole story that she has kind of been the character it's been like uh what is it matlock's uh wife that we never saw on that show like it was like it was like you keep mentioning her but we never see her so she finally showed up it felt like the perfect culmination for this wacky rivalry between rosser and juice okay i i appreciate you can put a positive spin on that one and you've got a good argument there can you put a positive spin on the kenta versus hikaleo strong overweight championship match I can. Nice. It was better than Duntaku. That's all I can say. Was it? Was yes. it? Because Hikaleo took one, took one of his best spots ever. That bump. That bump. You got to give him credit for that bump. Oh, oh that, yeah. The, 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 the 12 minute match had 30 seconds of goodness. Like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very worried about Hikaleo going forward. Um, I don't know what to do with him. I know they gave him the big J White win. Um, on JY's exit, and if they they're really trying with Hikileo, and that's so, and that's one thing I can say about New Japan as a whole. I mean, we'll get to Dominion, but one thing I will say about New Japan now is that they're trying a lot of new things. Yes, um, and that's something that we've we've asked for because they've kind of been adhering to the status quo for a long period of time, and right now it seems like they're trying new things. However, not just because things are new doesn't mean they'll always stick. And I feel like with Hikaleo, I don't know what to do with him. Where do you put him? I feel like the Neverweight Open title picture is, in theory, makes sense. But then I don't know. I don't know exactly like what to do with him because I don't see him competing well for the IWGP Heavyweight title. We've done the, we've kind of done the faction tag team thing before. What do you do with him? He's certainly it, not a junior. So it it's like, seemed like they had the plan yeah. sorted for him. He beat Kenta for the strong openweight championship. There's your plan. Yeah. There's your answer. Yeah. And then he drops it straight back to Kenta. Like, yeah, it, it, it's so bizarre. Like there were rumors around the Jay Wyatt match that Hikaleo, WWE apparently had interest in Hikaleo as well. Um, you know, were, were the reports like, um, you know, I, I like to think maybe that was being fed by New Japan just to, stir up the controversy because otherwise it was pretty mm-hmm. obvious jay white was losing um but but yeah. who knows but maybe yeah maybe there's some uh some smoke to that fire or there's some truth to those rumors and it is very bizarre because yeah they've done this amazing thing with him his best match of his career he sends jay white pack in then he's not in the new japan cup then he challenges and wins the strong open championship just to lose it back immediately like yeah. this guy's up and down like a yo-yo yeah but it was a match, um, SP3, <laughs> giving credit to that one spot, which is deserved. Yeah. Um, the next match, Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, and Rocky Romero losing to Blackpool Combat Club, Show Umino, John Moxie, and Wheelie Utah. Show to kind of proxy Blackpool Combat Club, not officially Blackpool Combat mm-hmm. Club, but basically is. Um, and yeah, there's a, there's a preview for what's to come at Dominion. Um, you know, Shota and Okada just fucking hating each other. This okada saying fuck them kids character is superb um he's been he, a revelation this year the bit of old man okada is hilarious yes <laughs> okada versus the unruly kids is a top two feud in wrestling today it's top top two top three feud in wrestling today old man okada the okada is the the former fraternity president who now lives next door to the fraternity <laughs> and is telling all the kids to get off his lawn it is amazing to watch and i love every single moment of it 
It's so funny. Like it's apropos of nothing. He's literally just like fuck them kids. Like they didn't do yeah. anything. He's just like, oh, you you come in here. This is my grand. Fuck off. Like you know, I built this place. Like who do you think you are? It, he's such a prick, and it's phenomenal. Um, like this whole like you know the, the shows in Japan as well when they've met up and Okada just yeeting Shota as far as he fucking can into the chairs and just yeah. throwing chairs at him and Shota getting his revenge today the best Super Junior Finals just hurling a table at Okada's yeah. face. Yeah. Um, it, it it's fantastic that the story they're telling there. Um, yeah. And it was it was the, the spot. No, go ahead. Got uh, it was the spot where, like, um, in the match, we'll obviously show, uh, um, like, you know, elbows Okada. Okada, like, jumps off the ring and just starts ripping off the guardrails. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why are you so bitter? Like, <laughs> o- o- Okada is just, he's, the thing is, he's bitter, but, like, there's no reason for him to be bitter. None of these guys have done anything. They've just done their job and wrestled. And it's just, like, Okada's, like... You you disrespectful youths, you you back in my day. I was like, <laughs> you're back like, in my you're day, in your, you had to beat somebody. You're in your early 30s, like it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not that depot carter, man. Get, give yeah. the kids a chance, man. Um, I love it though. I absolutely love it. And not only is the feud just great with Okada's character. All the matches have been excellent. Yes. Like the resurgence match, just the just the energy when Okada went face to face with John Moxley. That was I know everybody. I saw so many people on social media like make this the Forbidden Door matchup. I don't know if they'll go that route, but just the energy from their from their moment, the interaction with Shota and um and Okada that made that match tremendous. And then at Best of Super Juniors Finals, that multi man match was probably one of the better multi man matches that have been in japan for njpw mm-hmm. in a long time so like they've been delivering in the ring with the story and okada's character is the best thing in new japan right now and then the semi-main event at resurgence will Ospreay defeating hiroshi tanahashi to secure his place at dominion where he's going to be facing lance archer winner will challenge kenny omega for the iwgp us heavyweight championship um then what did you think about this match osprey versus tanahashi i thought the match was a was a good match obviously like it's 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 as best as we're gonna get from Tanahashi these days, if we're honest. Um Tanahashi's obviously like he's he's we've we've said for many years that his body's been beaten up, but like we this is like the full extent of it. And it's kind of like, you know, it was a it was a solid performance, but you know, it's it's kind of like it was kind of like bittersweet watching it. It was like, oh damn, I'm really seeing you know, Tanahashi in his last legs in terms of his career. But overall, yeah. it, was a, it was a good match. Um, and obviously, when the Osprey advances, we expect him to, you know, win at Dominion. But um, yeah, good match. But had watching it was kind of bittersweet, to be honest. SP3, are you, are you putting a more positive spin on this one or you're in agreement with Venka? I, I probably enjoyed it more because I just think that Okada understands where he's at now. And I much prefer this matchup than the Okada matchup from uh, Battle in the Valley because they knew to kind of start it, you know, slow and build it up mm-hmm. to the bigger spots. And I will say Will's injury is is the more thing that was more noticeable than yeah. me than Tadahashi's mm-hmm. age is that Will is slowing down on a lot of the different things that he was doing before or at least saving. Mm-hmm 
saving it for the bigger matches. I wish that he just would have finished Tanahashi here with the hidden blade because of how he looked after the matchup with his shoulder after doing Stormbreaker. He needs to make Stormbreaker mm -hmm. only the major, major matches. Yeah. Don't do it on the Tanahashis of the world. And please, Will, don't try to do it on Lance Archer. Please don't. Please. <laughs> he's a, he, he is definitely going to. He, he the man, man. He's doing the like whilst we're recording. He's a pro wrestling fucking wrestling. Um, you know, doesn't have to be doing this shit. And then in the main event, yeah. mm -hmm. Willow Nightingale defeating Mercedes Monet to become the first strong women's champion. Uh, not controversy, but uh, some you know confusion, I suppose, around this. What was the result meant to be? You know, reports saying Mercedes was always meant to win this, but of course she picked up an injury during the match, um, a big ankle injury, and apparently it's big, it was called on the fly that Willow would then defeat Sasha uh, Mercedes instead. Um, you know, the match was get it was getting going once this injury happened, so I don't know how good this could have been, how good this would have been. Um, but props to Mercedes, like she did. It's not like she busted her ankle and it was like instant finish. She tried to backstab her and she still put on the uh whatever she's calling the cross face these days um mm -hmm. like and it was obvious like i watched it knowing she got injured at that point and she's hobbling but god damn it she is she is soldiering on but willow nightingale the first strong women's championship i'm not mad with that i'm, I'm happy with that yeah I'm, I'm i'm quite happy with that obviously like it makes sense for Mercedes to win, and Mercedes was probably the obvious pick but i like that willow nightingale is champion i've been a fan of willow um ever since i first played eyes on her on aw and she's just like a radiant positive baby face and the positivity feels organic like with gimmicks like that yeah. it's very easy for like you know to be too like sometimes the baby faces are too sweet where, where you feel sick and none it's of, like none, none of this fake sp3 positivity is what <laughs> <MJ's saying. laughs> it's, it's organic with willow not with sp3 saying that Kenny <laughs> was good it was <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh with willow now it's an interesting thing because i know new, um, new japan didn't plan on this but it's interesting to see like what they do with it with her title is it a thing where you know okay you know this wasn't what we planned but you know what we've got a backup plan and we give her a, a fleshed out you know um title win or is it a thing where it's like okay we're just gonna stall until mercedes comes back because that's who we really had plans for so i hope obviously they give um you know willow um a good reign of her own something that can she can really sink her teeth into and it's not just a stop gap until mercedes comes back i you know the, the, everyone seems adamant that you know the reports have come out that Mercedes was always meant to win. I like to think that maybe Willow was always meant to win. Like mm -hmm. it's not a bad. It doesn't. It wouldn't feel like it's the fact it's a twist for the sake of a twist. Like Willow as champion works. Like yeah. she can rep have the belt represented on AW because otherwise this title is going to show up once a month at best. You know, yeah. Because the, the the strong schedule now they're doing bigger shows less often rather than more shows smaller shows more often. Um, it keeps the title apparent. It's going to get more eyes in it, quite frankly, if she shows up on a Dynamite or a Rampage or a Collision a, a handful of times a month, then it's going to on any New Japan World show. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I like to think that the plan was always Willow and it's not it's not a bad swerve by any means because, like we said, Willow is amazing, right? Yeah, no matter what you, you know, think, if it was meant for Mercedes, it wasn't, it wasn't meant for Mercedes, Willow was supposed to win. 
all the credit goes to Mercedes Monet because Mercedes Monet, if it was meant to be this way, she chose to do this show to put over Willow Nightingale. If it was mm-hmm. meant for Mercedes to win, she made the choice on the fly and audible in professional wrestling. It's so rare. There's so many promoters out there that wouldn't pull the trigger on an audible like that. But Mercedes, and I, I think that I kind of do believe the reports because when watching the match back before I did a review, I saw Mercedes kind of say something to the referee when the referee paused on the first uh, doctor bomb, the, oh, the baby yeah, power yeah. bomb he paused when when mercedes didn't kick out and mercedes basically tells him like she's like she's like telling willow to do it again and telling the referee that's the finish so i think that it was mercedes in the ring making that call and that is just the ultimate tip of the cap where this she got this reputation from people in wwe that she was selfish that she wanted it all to be about her that she wanted all these main event opportunities again and she made the choice on the fly knowing that she was seriously hurt to, to say, no, give this girl this moment because I'm not going to be around to hold this title. All the credit in the world to her, but especially all the credit in the world to Willow Nightingale because if anybody mm-hmm. deserves that moment and deserves to be the first strong women's champion, if it's not going to be Mercedes, it was Willow Nightingale and that was the right choice. Yeah, and no, I'm glad you brought it up, Hester, because I, I totally forgot because, you know, we had to watch 200 uh, Best of Super Junior matches between Resurgence <laughs> and... Uh, recording but yeah no that 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 spot it, it wasn't great was it with the ref no. pretending to not go no. for free and obviously sasha's not not moving a muscle um but yeah no that makes it very apparent that the plan was more than likely yeah like mercedes was yeah. always going to be winning here and um, and yeah. also with with uh, best of super juniors being kind of around resurgence, I felt like that took us a lot of the buzz off of resurgence more than you yeah. know Dominion coming up, and they also got all together again coming up on the ninth, and then Forbidden Door. I feel like the best of super juniors maybe not as affected by that stuff, but best of super juniors affected resurgence because this should have been viewed as a big show. Mercedes Monet was on it, Okada was on it, John Moxley was on it. You had all these big stars, and it could have felt like an even bigger show if it probably comes like the Saturday before Dominion. I know you're exiting a lot for people to ride back to Japan afterwards, but if it would have spaced it out, if it's after Best of Super Juniors or even before Best of Super Juniors, I think it would have stand out more. Yeah, I mean, on that point again, like we said about uh, you know the, the the G1 schedule being less hectic, and you know it's given the time to breathe and stuff like that. There's nothing obviously on around the G1. Like there's the All Star Junior Festival, which is taking place six days after the G1 finishes. Like they've, yeah. they've made that thing. It's happening in the US. They're separating that from the G1. Yet when it's time for mm-hmm. the juniors, it's like, nah, we'll put on a huge fucking show in America with Will Ospreay, Tanahashi, Mercedes Monet. Like the, the juniors can't catch a break, break sometimes, the poor fuckers. Um, one thing I've got to bring up here, yeah. What the fuck is Speedball's fucking music? Like, what I know it's his impact music. It is awful. That is not the music you you associate with the happy-go-lucky Speedball Mike Bailey. Like his indie music is great. The funky monkey yes. song. Like, yes. why why the fuck is he not using that in Impact? Like, and then it's coming to New Japan. That's awful. Because uh, Tony Khan doesn't work in uh, Impact or New Japan, because he would have got the licenses for that a long time ago. If it was if Tony oh. Khan, if that was Tony Khan, he would have got the licenses, or he would have made something. A li- Mikey Ruckus would have made something more akin to that. Because yeah, his music does not fit for who he is as a person, mm-hmm. who he is as a character, and who how he wrestles. His music just doesn't fit that. But 
hey, I'm just happy for Speedball, man. <laughs> so we are a week away from Dominion as of recording. The full card isn't out yet. By the time this podcast airs, it probably will be. Um, but we're going to put together the card ourselves. We can guess a majority of it. We don't have a match order, so I'm just going to go in the order. It's on the New Japan website uh, and fill in the gaps where we can. So the first yeah. match, Will Ospreay, Lance Archer, IWGP USA Weight Championship, number one contenders match. Um, these two, Magic in the Ring, did, did Will Ospreay helped Lance Archer break out as a singles wrestler between that New Japan Cup and G1 match. Um, the Japan loves Lance Archer too. Um, it's going to be a great return for him, but Will Ospreay's got a way of winning this one, surely. Surely. Yeah, yeah. If you're setting up a match at Forbidden Door, Kenny Omega versus Lance Archer doesn't excite me. It's not very, it's not very forbidden, is it? <laughs> no, nah. it's actually no, no, no. So, yeah, um, definitely, um, Will Ospreay versus Kenny, but like SP3 said, um, please. Be safe in this match, Will. Like I want, I want the Kenny Omega match to, you know, be, you know, on the same caliber as the Wrestle Kingdom match. And I feel like, you know, it can be, especially given like, you know, it's in a different crowd. It's in the US. You know, it's the first time they're doing this match in the US. No, it's in Canada. So, That's in Canada. Toronto. Forbidden it's Toronto, door. So it's, yes. it's in Kenny's yes. stomping grounds now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, Will's gonna get booed. <laughs> <laughs> he can feed he can he can feed off of that very well, Will. Yeah. And I and I think he will because I think this is a part of the larger story that's going on, and it's gonna be revealed that Will Osprey will be accompanied to the ring at Forbidden Door oh. by Don Callis. I think they're yeah. they're gonna make this a part of the bigger story Shit. of Don choosing Will over Kenny. God damn! Imagine that Don helped like in the same way Kenny beat John Moxley with the help of Don Callis. We get that, but re revisited, but. Don helping yeah. Will defeat Kenny instead, man. There's a there's a lot of layers to that. And AEW Kenny I make it more than anyone. He loves fucking layers to his stories. He wants people to <laughs> yeah, read sure. into every fucking thing. Um next match, IWGP tag team championships. I think we can safely assume that Aaron Hanare and Great O'Khan will be added to this mix. And it'll be a triple yeah. threat match uh, for the vacant IWGP Tag Team Championships. So we're getting United Empire versus Bishamon versus House of Torture. Uh, I feel like I can speak for SP3 and say he wants House of Torture to win here. Please don't do that to me, Gato. <laughs> You've done enough to me, Gato. I have Gato PTSD. Like, don't do that to me. Please don't give me House of Torture winning this match. Uh, first, I want to say, you know, I, I feel for Aussie Open, Mark yes. Davis, yeah, we're having that, talk about that. that meniscus there and not being a part of this matchup when they were the tag team of the year. But... If you're going to correct the course and be back on some good steady with this IWGP tag team division, put it on Bishamon. I think Bishamon is the choice. I, I would love like to see TMDK in this mix and give it to them. Yeah. Because they're going back to Bishamon now. It just seems like a step back. True. As great as Bishamon are, you know, I don't see Aaron and R and Greta Khan, but maybe they could. They, maybe that's why they've been fascinated. They'll stay with United Empire, and that was a plan in the first place. But... There, there is a real chance as a torture win here, guys. I, we, we, we have to be realistic on mm -hmm. this Ace Techers podcast. We can't be sunshines and SP3 rainbows. Um, sometimes oh, has no, torture no. come and they, they spit on the rainbows. You know what? Just just so I could come on Ace Techers, um, the next Ace Techers episodes and just see SP3's reaction, I'm going for <laughs> torture. I just, I, 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 I'm. 
you know, I'm here for the content. You know, I, I'm sure the fans will agree. <laughs> S- <laughs> well, SP3, you've got more stuff to look forward to. You love Jeff Cobb versus Zack Sabre Jr. And we're getting a rematch of it for the TV championship. But is this at the end for Zack Sabre Jr.'s reign? He kind of, he was on the back foot when they got to the draw. Does, does Jeff Cobb become the new champion? I would have been here in saying that Jeff Cobb is going to become the next uh, NJPW World Television Champion. But what Zach is gearing up for, it seems, for Forbidden Door makes me believe that Zach's going to retain at Je- uh, against Jeff Cobb. I think he'll scrape by. He'll do it probably in 14 minutes and 30 seconds. But I think yeah. that he gets by this one uh, by the skin of his teeth. And then David Finley defending his Never Openweight Championship for the first time uh, as the champion against the returning El Fantasmo. Um, they've spelled the word defense wrong on the NJPW World web- uh, NJPW972 website. Um, era, David Finley has to retain, I feel. Like, yeah. there's some credibility aspect, right, MK? Yeah, I thought it's too early in David Finley's reign for El Fantasmo to win. And also, where does the story go for El Fantasmo, like, beats him it's it's like okay like you've beaten the new head of bullet club and now we're gonna have what bullet club civil war version 75 again so um (laughs) you know i think david finley needs some credibility um i'm not the biggest fan of david finley um i think he's promising but they've definitely like i said like i said before new japan are trying a lot of new things and this is definitely like a big gamble from them yeah but i think they're gonna stick with it um Gator's persistent, you know that. So um I think if we I get a David, David Finley goes... like we did against David against Tamatonga, we need more of that to yeah David Finley as being a threat. Yeah, for sure. Um and Wait. there's there's no better opponent than El Fantasmo to bring that out of him. Oh yeah, the the crowd love him, they'll be fully in his corner, and the more yeah. dickish and uh hard hitting mm-hmm. Finley is the better uh well you have to also also remember, ladies and gentlemen, as always, Bullet Club need a rebel. The world <laughs> need a rebel. So David Finley going to be never open way champion. We, we've got to actually lock down Gado for an interview sometimes instead of just getting him to do that quick little voice clip for us. Um, yeah, you know, he just, always runs keep, off. Keeps on doing his run-ins yeah. like it's Gino Gambino on commentary for the fucking Chokey Doki. <laughs> Chokey Doki? Doki Chokey. Um, and then... The last announced match, and we will go into the matches that will be announced, but the last one on the website as of right now, main event, Sonada defending IWGB World Heavyweight Championship against the mysterious Yotasuji. Arrive, fuck up just five guys, challenge for the championship, and leave. That was the, the motto for Yotasuji. We, we don't know a fucking thing about this guy since he's returned. No, no. All we got was like video packages. He came... Like I said, beat up five guys, just five guys. I'm like, oh, he's challenging for the title. And it's like, but with that, but he got a really, really big, like, presentation and push. So I don't know. Are, are they going to have the balls to, like, put the title on Suji right now? I could see them doing it. But damn, like, if they do that, they just did Sonata so dirty. Because uh, the Sonata fans, like Sonata, who've been waiting years <laughs> for, for, for for him to be here and then now he loses it in he loses it in what his first defense <laughs> i think it, it's a good point like you guys mentioned it already like they're they're trying new things right 
And yeah, the thing is, you can't make new stars unless you try to make new stars. Like, you can't yeah. make Master Watto seem like a big deal unless he gets to be a big deal, unless he gets to win Best of the Super Juniors. Yeah. David Finley, we can't buy him as the Bullet Club leader unless he starts putting in the performances and he's on the right track against Tamatonga. Uh, you know, Shota Umino and Ren Narita standing up to Okada. Like, they're, 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 they're planning for the future here. They're letting lots of seeds New Japan. So, yeah. is with, with this train that New Japan are on, is Yota Suji beating Sonata the craziest thing in the world? No, it's not because it's happening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Suji Shock, I said it here on Ace Techers months back. I said when Sonata won the championship, he ain't walking out Dominion with this title. So Yota Suji is getting crowned because we are living in the era of BBG. Big Balls Gato. He's going to put his balls <laughs> on the table and go show the world. Suji Shock. Suji Shock. Oh, fucking hell. Um, it, it's really <laughs> interesting, though, that the fact that New Japan, it, Dominion is their second biggest show of the year, hands down. Yeah. And New Japan are willing to stick Suji in the main event of this show for the yeah. title. Zero build. No preview tag matches. No. We know nothing about the man. It, they, they they could not be putting this, per, this boy in a bigger position than this, Yota Suji. It's... It's inciting and terrifying at the same time. Like, what if this is just a big turd? What if, yeah. what if Tim and Su what if Sonata and Suji just have zero fucking chemistry? It's neither man's fault. They just don't gel. Yeah, like it's it, it's a massive risk because you're asking. I mean, it, in a way, people will tune in because of like the what the fuck factor. Like, just uh, what is this? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like you're gonna piss off two camps of people. You're going to piss off people that, you know, like, you know, like want Suji to win because of that, the push he's gotten and because they want change and they want something to do. But then, you know, Sonata's got a fan base. And, you know, if you do Sonata dirty like this, oh my God, it, I, Twitter will be pandemonium. It will be <laughs> crazy. Like, oh my God. I could just already see Evil got a long title reign. Naito got a long title reign. Shingo got a long title reign. Sonata, wonderful. Not even a defense. He got he got that one defense against Hiromu. One defense against. Oh, Hiromu. he did one defense against yeah, Hiromu. Yes, he did. He, he did. Evil he got did. one defense. defense. He only got one defense. He got one defense versus. Yeah, Hiromu but the, too. The, the defense felt like he got a hundred. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I mean, to me, me look, in head me head cannon, head cannon, Evil's reign was longer than Okada's. That's how long <laughs> that period felt. <laughs> <laughs> that one month was a dark time in NK's life. It man. was a dark time. Uh, and then matches that aren't announced, but we can safely assume are happening. Uh, Master Watto challenging Hiromu for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, I think the Hiromu train keeps on going. He, he's got a lot of steam left in this tank as champion. Um, other matches. Uh, one that we, we, we uh, teased back from the Best of Super Juniors final. Shota Umnos announcing he will be challenging for the Never Six Man Openweight Championships. And he's bringing along John Moxley. We knew that. We knew John Moxley was coming to Dominion next week. We knew he was coming back to Japan at long last. What we didn't know, what none of us, we, what we could only have guessed and dreamed and hoped is that the third man as part of that team is Claudio fucking Castagnoli. Claudio in a New Japan ring at Dominion in Osaka. Ridiculous. Holy shit, guys. The dreams are coming true. 
opposite Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Kazuka Okada. We're getting all of the dream matches in one match. We get Moxley and Okada going at it again. We get the continuation of Shooter versus Okada. You get Okada and, and Claudio. You get Ishii and Claudio. You get Tanahashi and Claudio. Oh man, this this might and this is we're in an era where the multi-man matches have been like top-notch, yes. high quality type of matches. This might be kind of the the peak. We're, we're reaching the mountaintop here. The only thing higher than this mountaintop might be at Forbidden Door when after if if uh you know the the champs retain and Moxie says, "All right, young boy, you're gonna have to move out the way because we got a he- another heavy hitter coming in, Brian oh. Danielson. If Brian Danielson replaces Shooter at at Forbidden Door and we get uh, this Okada team versus the real Blackpool Combat Club, I think that's the even higher status that we can get with both so, of no, I've seen people talking about it like that on social media because like I think Okada said on in a Tokyo sports interview at some point he liked the idea of having a match against like people like that but it's the fact that you're taking five I, I'm not going to include a issue because he's just not that stature but five in terms of Claudio Danielson Moxie Tanashi Okada you're taking five of the biggest stars from the two companies and locking them away in just one match would do you think yeah. they would do that, or do you think that's just taking away too much star power? I think when it comes to like these forbidden door shows and these like collaborative shows, there is a bit of politics, and I could definitely see a scenario where it's like, oh, we don't want to pin Okada, we don't want to pin Moxie, we don't want to pin Danielson. Okay, out of both teams, you could take a pin, or Claudio could take a pin, or Ishii could take a pin. Yeah, and it's like, okay. Let's do that where we kind of did the match, but we didn't really yeah. commit to the match. I hopefully that's not the case because yeah, I want to pee out. I, I really want to see the dream matches that is like either um Danielson Okada um or Moxley Okada because we saw Moxley Tanahashi last year. But um yeah, I could definitely see this happening. Um, I hope it doesn't. I hope we, we get the this like leads to the actual match and actual singles matches. And then maybe because I feel like there's enough on both teams where you could well at least on Blackpool Combat Club, you could do like the big Okada singles match and then do Tanahashi Ishii and maybe somebody else. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. as like a triple threat of its own. But we'll see though. We'll see. But yeah, this match seeing Claudio in Japan is going to be nuts. Right, it's wait. going to be ridiculous. Like just, just seeing him doing that swinging spot on whoever. Like, I can't remember, like whoever. If it's Ishii Okada or Tanahashi, it's going to be ridiculous. Like I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited for this. The never six man openweight championships have never been so exciting. Um, yes. I think we're probably getting the Jet Setters defending against Catch Two Two. Seems to be that they're going to be running that back. Uh, and then pure speculation, this may or may not happen. We could get Mayu Iwatani defending the IWGP Women's Championship at Dominion. Um, it could happen on a stardom show. We don't know. But one, one thing's for certain is that Mariah May is the next challenger. Um, that's mm-hmm. been clear from stardom for the past couple of weeks from flashing champions this past weekend. Um, yeah. The, the, the difficulty is it, it could happen on any one show, but it's one of the bigger shows of the year. So. It would be nice to see the stardom representation at Dominion. I, I, I hope it does happen at Dominion. I, I you know, more Mayu Iwatani to more people is never a bad thing. Yeah, 
absolutely because she's got i think she's got a movie coming out uh, later this year on her life and stuff so that's this is kind of the big stage that they can put her on unless they like if they don't put it at dominion they'd be waiting till like maybe the strong show or something like that this feels like the the perfect spot and they've been already doing the building on the stardom shows where it would make sense and mariah may is someone that helped you know with a lot of fans that were watching all-star grand queendom for the first time she was on commentary kind of telling the she story stepped in on english commentary as well because there yeah. was an injury yeah like last minute on the fly on the fly so i think this is a huge spot for her as well so i would love to see it get added and they need that the iwgp women's world uh women's championship to be on the major shows they had it on russell kingdom they had it on sakura genesis you got to get it on dominion yeah, I, I hope so. Um, For sure. So we've got all together still to preview. We've got to talk about Aussie Open signing with AW, of course, what that potentially means for them in New Japan. But before we do that, uh, I want to give everyone a chance to get their plugs in. Uh, NK, what's going on over at Wrestlings these days and where can the people find you, man? Yeah, so we've got a bunch of different shows um, at Wrestlings. We've got um, our, you know, by um, our weekly podcast that comes out on a Friday morning and British Standard Time, we have got um, Revolution Radio featuring me and Mex, where we talk everything AEW. SB3 had the pleasure of being on the show. Um, then we SP3 have um, in- the pleasure of being on the show. You didn't have the pleasure of having SP3 on the show. Yeah, SP3 I was had the pleasure. I bet. <laughs> you know what I meant. You know what I meant. Don't do that. <laughs> had the pleasure of SP3 being <laughs> on the show. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> oh my god yeah but yeah we had sp3 on the show uh we have indie takers we talk about um, everything indie wrestling and add a little bit of new japan that show is hosted uh by del boy and jem we have um a bunch of different content we have um the people versus uh wrestlings where we go outside and ask the random civilians of london random questions about wrestling who knows we might get new japan talent on that show ask ask people who's this guy who's that guy might show them a taguchi match why not <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh, check man. out um everything we've got going on on wrestlings um that's wrestlings on all social media platforms uh yeah Mr. True Hill SP3, what you got cooking these days? Uh, the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, we just hit the magic number of 6.69. Shouts out, <laughs> nice. Um, but yes, over there on the YouTube channel, uh, uh, we got all the content for all the major shows from AEW, WWE, and New Japan. I'm going to bring putting out a list of the top 10 best of Super Juniors uh, matches from the whole entire tournament. Probably hit some of the the uh, people usually hear on this show about giving me their list of the best that they saw. So you'll get that on our YouTube channel. And we got an exclusive interview dropping uh, next week or, or later this week with Bobby Fish, former IWGP um, Junior Heavyweight ooh. Tag Team champion talk to him about his entire career from roh through wwe to aew why he left he made the decision to leave aew we talk about all of that it's a it's a very long interview i didn't expect to get that much time with him very excited for people to watch it damn sp3 getting big gets um and of course you're listening to this on the wrestle in network give us follow at wrestle in iwn check out the patreon um i'm going to be recording a new episode of noob japan tv with gideon gray this coming week um patreon.com slash wrestle in you know there's new podcasts the choco cast podcast just dropped i'm pretty sure it's the only choco pro podcast out there 
um and the guys if, if you're if you are a choco pro fan please check it out because they will be joined by a, a guy named jeffrey as well he lives in tokyo he's at basically every choco pro show if you've watched a choco pro show you have seen jeffrey sitting in the window whether you know it or not he has the same seat he's there he's going to be joining the wrestling team he's going to be joining choco cast uh you've got to check that out the first episode's out he'll be joining from the second episode um before we go on to all together and speaking about aussie open back to best of super juniors for one brief moment because obviously they don't have the barriers for best of super juniors because people are flying mm -hmm. they're doing crazy shit so the young lions kind of become proxy shields and barriers for the uh for the fans bolton oleg this man is saving lives for fun whether they be the fans or the wrestlers he is so huge i loved watching him standing like being a human shield he is I, I i just have so much love for this man and he's done he's doing so little but he's literally the hulk is, is mm -hmm. he's the hulk in the wrestling ring i man i i, I gotta give him credit because he was he was always there when those juniors were flying all over the place and he's he's been improving i would say this is probably like the the young lion class that i've gotten like the most accustomed to and i'm i i can like rank them all in like who i like the most who i like the least uh uh fujita had an awesome best oh, of super man. juniors tournament and the the semifinals getting that win over gato was a great big badge of honor and i love kevin kelly and the commentary kind of talking about how they believe he's going to be in the tournament next year and i think it's a foregone after the final especially with that tag team mm -hmm. match with him yeah. and robbie eagles versus leo rush and yo that was one of my favorite matches from that show so fujita needs to be in the best of super juniors next year and bolton Ogan, he's gonna be freaking one of the biggest biggest uh heavyweights if he keeps to it and improves at the rate he's going he he could I, I truly believe he could become I know he he's from Kazakhstan but he could become one of the but the, the, one of the rare white guys that gets to win in the Tokyo Domain event because New Japan have learned a lesson they they don't give any you know if you're a white guy and you're in the main event in Tokyo Dome you're taking a loss sorry yeah and they got reason to because you know Jay White Jay White could have been that guy and he left AEW they made the right call and you know Kenny Omega he could have been that guy he left to form AEW you know. And then Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay's contract is coming up and, you know, AEW have just signed Aussie Open. They've signed Will Ospreay's boys. He's got a great relationship with Tony Khan. So maybe Will Ospreay won't be the white guy that gets the main event, uh, to win in the main event of Tokyo Dome either, you know. Um, yeah. Us white guys, we just can't be trusted. It's as simple as that. <laughs> um, but All Together Again is happening on Friday, June 9th. We don't have a full card yet. In fact, the fucking website listing is atrocious. They don't have the gaps in between the matches. Um, so hopefully I get this right. But of the matches we've got announced so far, we've got Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii teaming up to take on Noah's Yoshiki Inamura, Daika Inaba, and Masa Kitamiya. And then we've got LIJ's Bushi, Shingo, and Tetsuya Naito taking on All Japan's Yuma Anzai, Suwama, and Yuji Nagata. Yuji Nagata representing the All Japan side as the wow. Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship, uh, Heavyweight Champion. And then what we can safely assume is the main event. We've got Kaito Kiyomiya, Miyahara Kento, and Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Keno, Yuma Aoyogi, and Kazuchika Okada. Um, Keno immediately chatting shit once this guy. Yeah, out. his rants um, are hilarious. He's, Keno, he's, he's been ranting all the time. Like he's he's the only like we're saying Okada's a like like old, an yes. old man. Keno is 
he, angriest he, man in professional wrestling. Point. Like, he's <laughs> about everything. Like, everything. Uh, Keno hates everyone and everything, and it is tremendous. He was like, wasn't Tanahashi the ace like 20 years ago? What's he still doing here? Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya <laughs> got embarrassed by Okada. Why is he representing Noah? Um, and he chatted, he was like, and Miyahara Kento can't even keep his own company's title. It's owned by a New Japan guy. Like, why are these guys the faces? Why are they at the press conference? Keno, there's, there's truth to the venom with Keno. Um, but yeah, he, he he's a very angry man. Um, but yeah, I think that that card is probably coming this this week. Uh, we probably won't get to yeah. preview it. We're not going to get a chance to preview it properly. Um, but it's a uh, you know it's a big show. They've done it uh, previously for charity. There'll be proceeds going towards charity again. Is there any particular people from you know whether it be New Japan or Noah or All Japan you hope are on the card? Is there anyone you particularly hope they're facing? Um, my All Japan knowledge is is non-existent. Um, but I'd, I'd expect at least Jake Lee somewhere on his card, right? As the GHC heavyweight champion. I don't know yeah. where you put him, but good-looking guys versus some combination from New new or All Japan, right? Yeah, I think they should definitely do something with uh, Jake Lee versus some type of unit from All Japan to play off the fact that he left All Japan to join yeah. Pro Wrestling Noah. That would be kind of the most interesting route to go with him. Um, I, I would say that his, from what I've seen from his GS, GHC heavyweight title reign, he's gotten better with every match. Some of the, the, the Kiyomiya match where he won the championship, I did not like that at all. I felt like that was a 30-minute snores fest but then the nakajima match it's nice, was it's nice to know there's a ceiling on the sp3 positivity it's house of torture and jake lee house of torture <laughs> and jake lee. it's where you want if you want some negativity to me uh, talk about jake lee's early part of his gac raid and talk about house of torture that's how you get the <laughs> negativity but he's gotten better his last match with uh Mara Fuji was really good, so I really enjoyed that one. So I would like to see what he does on the show. So he would be one. Uh, Amakusa, if he's not on the yeah. show, uh, yeah, got to get him him on there. That would be a lot of fun as well from Pro Wrestling Noah. As far as All Japan, the, the people that I know of from All Japan are pretty much on this show, which is Miyahara is like my favorite person from All Japan right now. Uh, and he's already on the show, so that's all I needed. So from all Japan, I'm fine. Pro Wrestling Noah, pretty much all the main faces are going to be there. So you already know that. And then switching gears, Lil, Katsuyori Shibata. Of course, I'm going to take any excuse I can to talk anything Katsuyori Shibata related on any podcast I ever do. Um, <laughs> he put up a quite uh, ambiguous tweet saying, bye LA Dojo, um, with a picture of Alex Coglin and them on the, the apron at the LA Dojo on the ring mat. Um, seemingly marking his time is coming to an end at the LA Dojo. Uh, I, I, I spoke to some people um, and they're, they're changing how the LA Dojo works. And I think you could put most people probably putting this together anyway, but just as a bit of confirmation, they're not going the Young Lion route anymore. They're doing what we know. They're doing this academy stuff where you can pay for classes. You can do training sessions, however long they go. You've got, you know, they do different versions with different wrestlers. The higher end one is with like Kushida, the lower end ones like DKC and stuff like that. Um, I think, yeah, they're not doing the whole Young Lion LA Dojo. It will just be, it'll be a training place at the dojo. You can pay, you can train. It'll be a hub for the wrestlers in America. But I think if you're liked enough, if they see enough potential and they want you to be a Young Lion, you will be shipped to the Nago Dojo in Japan. That's the only place you're going to get Young Lions. And I think that explains as well why Kevin Knight graduated mid-tour in Super yeah. Junior Tag Leagues and why DKC yeah. suddenly just rocked up in his own gear, never had any 
real graduation and he seemed to graduate really quickly um compared to other young lions so they're changing up how it's working shabazz time is done it means the guys that were part of the la dojo your, your original crop of young lions your gabriel kid your alex coglin your clark connors they're, they're, they're the one and only is kind of it kind of makes them a bit more special though i kind of like it yeah yeah i dig it it's very reminiscent to how people talk about the former la dojo yeah. guys that went through there and i and from what i saw at a resurgence it seems like trisha dora who if you don't yes. know is one of like the better women's wrestlers out there on the independent scene she's made some appearances for ring of honor and some AEW dark appearances she's a part of the new japan uh pro wrestling academy so i would love to see if that's maybe a transition for her to go over to japan and work for stardom all thumbs up for that That'd be really interesting. Like the first kind of female young lion to an extent. Um, that would that would be history making. And yeah, Trisha Dora is fantastic. Um, so last topic for this episode of Ace Techers, Aussie Open shocking everyone by signing with AEW. Um, you know, Mark Davis having an injury and having to drop the strong and the IWGP tag team championships. Um, and then a few days later, Carl Fletcher's on AEW Dynamite and it's announced after his match. Uh, the Aussie Open are all elite. Um, New Japan not locking down their foreigners is a no. tale as old as time, it seems. Yeah, you in a, with hindsight, be it where you can kind of see it coming because Aussie Open got a lot of love from yes. AW, um, from Tony Khan's, but not just AW in ROH as well. Because, um, like I remember, like, um, them having Aussie Open obviously having the match, um, they had with the Young Bucks. Um, and then they were involved in like the trios tournament with Will Ospreay, and then they were involved in like um the early days of like New ROH. I think that the one they were on the first episode, I think, of New ROH, and then they were recently on um, ROH's last pay per view. Um, and then obviously, um, Carl Fletcher just had a match um on Dynamite, so like they've been spotted in AEW or in Tony Khan, um, in Tony Khan's different promotions a lot. And the fact that New Japan never held them down was baffling to me, especially after they put after they put the IWGP titles on them. I was sure, like, I was certain, okay, whatever's happened between them, they've resolved it, they've been locked down, but apparently not. And this makes me think that they were probably going to lose at Dominion. Um, I'm sure New Japan weren't, like, unaware of this happening. I'm sure they're kind of okay with it because they've got a working yeah. relationship with AEW. But it's... It's straight like I eventually ended up and I eventually predicted that they would end up in AW, but not so quick. I kind of wanted them to have that IWGP um tag title run, really, you know, stake their name as one of the best champions in the division. And then, you know, next year or like around the time where Will Ospreay contract runs out, then I'd see them go as a collective. But right now it's kind of like I'm happy they're in AW. I think AW's tag team division needs needs them. This is what I wanted to ask SP3 because I, I keep up with AW. I don't watch it. SP3 watches every piece of wrestling in the world. It's a, it's incredible how he manages to do it. Um, but yeah, SP3, as someone that watches AW and New Japan and like, yeah, they're probably your top two promotions. I, for me, on paper, if I look at AW website and look at their tag team division or I look at what everyone's doing at the moment, like obviously the elite is a big thing at the moment. It's the young bucks aren't in the tag team division per se. AW's tag team division is kind of in the mud at the moment, it looks like to me. Like, you've got Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett challenging for the titles, double or nothing. 
Um, so for Aussie Open to go from New Japan to AEW seems like a downgrade in competition for me for Aussie Open. But obviously, at the same time, they can help elevate the AEW tag team division as well. But yeah, do, do, what what do you think in terms of that, in terms of, you know, the competition for them from New Japan to AEW? Yeah, I feel like AEW has been in a down point for their tag team division only because, you know, they their best tag team in the world in 2022 was FTR and they kind of made them like this mm-hmm. outlier in the actual AEW tag team division because they won the ROH tag team titles, they won the IWGP tag team titles, they won the AAA tag team titles. All the while they were building up, you know, new teams like Swerve in Our Glory and the Acclaimed and then for some reason the guns got to run earlier this year uh so i feel like double or nothing coming up uh as we're recording tonight uh that's going to kind of be the changing point where this is kind of the last uh matchup that they had there with ftr and team tna is like the end of this kind of sports entertainment era of the tag team division for aew because for ftr to get back on their groove and be one of the best tag teams in the world they have to be facing the other best tag teams in the world. They have to face the, the Lucha Bros who are right now the Ring of Honor tag team champions. They have to face the Young Bucks who are involved in this faction warfare with with the Blackpool Combat Club. But now they have the four best tag teams, in my opinion, in the world today with Lucha Bros, with the Young Bucks, with FDR, and with Aussie Open. I know Mark Davis got the meniscus injury and he's had surgery. He's going to be out for four to six weeks. As soon as he comes back, I think they need to to put them in a position where they are the challengers for FTR at all in. And I disagree with, with NK on one thing. I don't think they were going to lose at Dominion. I think we were all leading to IWGP tag team champions versus AEW tag team champions with FTR versus Aussie Open at Forbidden Door. I thought they were going to, it really sounded like from the promos Aussie Open were cutting from the stuff AEW was doing on social media and New Japan that they were all building to this being one of the marquee matches at Forbidden Door. But now that they are signed, it makes it more likely that Aussie Open could become the team to dethrone FTR. And if they do it in London, England, then that's chef's kiss. That's the perfect way to do it. Bring them back into the fold, have them beat FTR for the tag team titles, and really they can continue out and finish off the year. Uh, They started the year as the best tag team of 2023. So I'm just very glad for Aussie Open. I much rather them in New Japan because this felt like the most I was ever into the tag team division in New Um, Japan with them Bishamon and that's another reason why I think Bishamon's going to win at uh, Dominion because it just makes sense if that was their plan all along to do IWGP champs versus AEW champs Bishamon winning and having that win against FTR at Wrestle Kingdom you already have a built-in story that you can just play out and you don't really need them to interact you don't have to have Goto and Yoshihashi come over to AEW you could basically just tell the story by clips and stuff like they beat them at Wrestle Kingdom now FTR FTR is challenging them to get back their IWGP titles and they're putting up the AEW titles to get that at Forbidden Door. Yeah, I, I love the idea of Aussie Open at All In because they're basically, it's, it's, it's almost like hometown for Aussie yeah. Open. You know, they, they, they cut their teeth in the UK, such a big part of Red Pro progress, everything in the UK, you know, as much as they're called Aussie Open, they're, they're, they're basically, you know, British at this point. Um <laughs> So, you know, I, I would love to see them getting that moment in Wembley Stadium. Um, 
but yeah, I think that I think we've covered everything New Japan for this episode of Ace Techers. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. I should mention, and uh, I haven't mentioned, and I should have mentioned it right at the top. Of course, you would have noticed the sincere lack of Sano, so sincere lack of fangirling, a sincere lack of love for just five guys. Um, on this episode, uh, she is away having a great time on holiday. Um, so we wish her the best. Uh, hopefully, she'll be back for the next episode. But uh, be sure to follow her on Twitter at wrestling yes. underscore chat and uh, give her a subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Sonal's life, Sonal's life. Yes, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Uh, life. <laughs> we need to we need to get her subscriptions above SP freeze. That's the aim. That's why we all do Ace Techers every fortnight. Yes, that's the, that's the end goal here. Um, but thank you for listening, everyone. For NK, for SP free, for myself. Uh, that was Ace Techers. We are wrestle in, and now we're out.